Don't just ride the index, seek to outperform it with Fidelity Active ETFs. Learn more at fidelity.com slash active ETFs. Before investing in any exchange-traded fund, you should consider its investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Contact Fidelity for a prospectus, an offering circular, or if available, a summary prospectus containing this information. Read it carefully. While active ETFs offer the potential to outperform an index, these products may more significantly trail an index as compared with passive ETFs. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC, member NYSE, SIPC. If your go-to card is a debit card, Discover thinks it's time you get rewarded too. So check out Discover Cashback Debit, a game-changing checking account with cash back on everyday debit card purchases. That's right. Cash back isn't just for credit cards anymore. Whether it's a movie date, flea market find, or midday latte, you can start earning cash back. And there are no fees, period. Check out transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashbackdebit. Discover Bank, member FDIC. Just watch me love myself That's all I want Got what I want That's all I want I'm not sorry I'm Claire Fallon And I'm Emma Gray And this is Love to See It, an obsessively detailed recap podcast about The Bachelor and other pop culture that makes us laugh, cry, and curse the patriarchy. We can't live with these shows and we can't live without them, but we can break down every juicy moment and unpack all the weird messages these shows send us about love, sex, and dating. Welcome to Love to See It, a show about four plucky fifth graders who just want their teacher to find a nice man with lots of muscles and really good fort building skills. This week on Michelle's, uh, sorry, I mean Miss Young's journey to find love, the kids are in charge, as it should be. Yeah, and Ms. Young is taking her dudes on a final whirlwind tour of her own hometown before making the final cuts to visit their hometowns next week. It's the bloodbath episode. (laughs) Here to share her wonderful insights with us, writer Esme Wang, author of The Collected Schizophrenias. She also offers writing classes on the foundations of memoir writing, which are currently available in a really fun little bundle right now. And you can find those at memoirbundle.com. Thanks so much for joining us. Thanks so much for having me. This is a dream come true. We are really excited to have you. We've had you on our other newsletter podcast, Rich Text, but this is your first appearance on Love to See It. Cannot believe it took us this long because you just have some really wonderful insights on on this franchise. I feel like it's the kids this episode who really had the true insights that we'll get to that, I think. I agree. Yeah, I mean, it's a lot of trust to put in the kids. Clearly, Michelle really, really does trust them to put so much control in their hands during this extremely pivotal week. (laughs) She knows they're wise. She knows that fifth graders are smarter than any of us. So let's dive in. It's our second week in Minnesota, and Ms. Young's students, her actual students, are planning this week of dates. So we see... Michelle with the four students who I guess were deemed ready for prime time, Jaylene, Kelsey, Luke, and Ahmed. And they're giving her a construction paper booklet full of just love letters from them to her. 
um, just explaining why they love her, why she's their favorite teacher. I also really loved how one of the kids said their um, their job was to find, quote, who the bad guys and who the good guys are, which I feel like <laughs> is aces in terms of just like finding a partner, you know, bad guys, good guys. Yeah, that was Kelsey. And my reaction to that was that honestly, she nailed the vibe of all of Bachelor Nation. Like every season, people are eager to divide the good from the bad. So these kids, they know what the people want and they are ready to help Michelle find it by showing up unannounced to hang out with the remaining eight dudes and uh, decide who's worthy. I want to just begin by discussing where the guys are hanging out. We see them in this space repeatedly. It appears to be like the common area of a hotel suite that they're staying in. And it's just like decorated with like old timey lamps and like a marquee lit arrow sign and then like a vintage sign for like a gas station. And so whenever they're all hanging out and chatting, like behind the guy's head as he's talking is a sign that says oil and gas. (laughs) It's just very like Applebee's meets boutique hotel from the 2010s. This is America. (laughs) Yeah, it's classic Americana, but like gut renovated. It's like gut renovated Americana vibes. Um, So the kids show up to this interesting room and announce to the guys that they will be planning the dates. And they're going to start by kind of interrogating all of the men. And they just dive in. They're, they're here to find the bad guys and the good guys and to ask important questions like, have you ever been grounded? I found this really interesting in terms of using the kids to get at the foreshadowing of what certain men's trajectories would be through the rest of the episode. They don't like Martin trying to show <laughs> off. He wears too much cologne. <laughs> It's like, are kids very perceptive or did some of them also have nasty things to say about like Rick, <laughs> but they don't want to show that because Rick is a nice guy. We'll never know. We he, Martin is the only person we see them say anything bad about. I choose to think that they are just very perceptive and they know. I think we actually have a little clip of Luke, one of the children, offering his theory of what makes a good husband. To be a husband, I'm pretty sure all you have to do is be kind to your wife, be nice, and be patient. Yeah, those are all the same thing, but it is a very important (laughs) thing. (laughs) I also love that it's not, like, to to be a good husband. It's just to be a husband. And I'm like, oh, buddy, if only that were a requirement. (laughs) Very sweet. It's so sweet. I felt like they bonded so well with these men, with the exception of Martin. (laughs) I was reminded that Many men are approximately 100 times more charming when you watch them behave well with children. Yeah. Like we see Olu just like bench pressing, doing push ups <laughs> with some of the kids on his back. And they're like trying to show off. And Nate attempts to do a handstand and falls on his face. They said, Olu I, makes you feel warm inside the gut, which was a very sweet thing. Like hot chocolate. Yeah, I yeah. loved hearing them try to describe what they liked about the guys. Like, I like Nate. He's tall, so he'll be good for Michelle to play basketball with. 
Olu is nice-hearted. He made me feel warm inside, like a hot chocolate or chocolate chip cookie. I'm like, oh yeah, so no, that's cute. as an adult, I still understand that feeling. Um, Olu tells them that, like Miss Young, he wants a big wedding, and he says he wants to get married in Africa and have like a cultural wedding, like related to his heritage. And Rodney makes a secret handshake with Ahmed. Like they're all like pulling out all the stops to connect. I was obsessed with the fact that Ahmed goes into his ITM and they're like, so what was the secret handshake? And he's like, it's secret for a reason. (laughs) Also, I want to know if it's the same one as he has with Michelle. Like Rodney's bonding thing is let's make a secret handshake. I'm like, that can get you pretty far. But now that I've seen you do it twice, I'm starting to be like, oh, I see. There's just like an abundance of women and children watching this show being like, Rodney, that was our secret handshake <laughs> when I met you five years ago. Wow. Oh, if he, maybe he has a lot of moves. Maybe he's like iterating different handshakes out of his variety of handshake building blocks. Or he's just, a, you know, an ethical handshake slut, in, in which case <laughs> I applaud him. They, they also, I think, start to build up Clayton in terms of getting Bachelor Nation to adore him via uh, his big muscles and good for building abilities. Those are the things that the kids look for, and those are the things that Bachelor Nation looks for. Does he have muscles? Can he build a good fort? And Clayton's got it all. But But first we do, I think, have a clip of one of the girls explaining why they don't care for Martin. So I've had a lot of very intimate and, and romantic moments with Michelle. I'll tell you one of the moments, uh, we had a, a dinner date and then she got me a surprise. I don't really like Martin. There's this huge telescope and she pointed it at two stars. And when I, looked, I don't know, like, I don't know how to explain it. He's trying to show off. And I looked at her and I was like, well, I don't see anything. She said, that's our star. I don't know if he's the right one for Michelle. And he wears too much cologne. (laughs) I believe that very much. Like, he looks like a man who is just drenched in cologne. Got the Sugar Ray hair and the too much cologne. Yeah. He has the look of a cologne man. And I think what's telling, and I'm taking notes because, honestly, this week is my worst nightmare because Michelle is constantly like, kids know, animals know, like, who a good person is. They can tell. I'm terrified of children and animals for this very reason. I'm like, they're going to sniff out that I'm a bad person and then everyone will know and everyone will just believe them. Your son seems to like you he, Well, that's far. why I had my own kid, like, <laughs> so that I would have, like, a character witness. Claire, you have mentioned this before, and I really identify with this because right? I also feel very, I think pets is a little bit easier for me, but I feel really uncomfortable around little kids because... My, my, in my imagination, I'm going to either try to hold them, say hi, make up a secret handshake, and they'll just burst into tears. And yes. <laughs> I'm like, oh, you're just confidently going to volunteer to make a fort? I think if I volunteered to make a fort, the kids would be like, I don't want to make a fort with you, and I'd be <laughs> humiliated. Yeah. So wow. I hate the I, – I, like, I'm stressed out by this concept. However – I'm taking notes here. I'm like, what do the kids like? What do the kids not like? I think it's very telling that everyone who interacts with the kids, like, like they're on, like, like they're equals in a way. Like you don't want to talk down to kids, but you're meeting them on their turf. Like they're asking you who has the worst breath and you're taking that question seriously and you're answering it, but like in a fun way, but you don't 
do what Martin does, which is to talk to them like they're just an adult that you think is sort of stupid. <laughs> like to be like, so here's the thing about Michelle. We've had many intimate and romantic moments. Like, For example, let me explain that? what happened. We were at the planetarium and we were sort of looking up at the sky, you know? It's like, what are, why are you explaining something that's sort of like not what they're interested in to them in this very patronizing way? Yeah. Just very, very awkward vibes. And so... Clayton does come out on top by building the blanket fort, which Luke describes as probably the best fort I've ever seen. I mean, that's a bold statement. I mean, it's a good fort. If you're looking for tips, uh, it helps to be able to take two sofas and turn them Drape on a blanket front so you can use them as between basically them. a roof. Yeah. I was like, yeah, it's hard. It's easier like when you have a whole a sofa is basically a house already. Yeah, clearly I mean, he's built forts before, or he knows about look, the architecture. Look, he he used the resources that were available to him, and you have to applaud that. He's definitely built a fort with his fraternity of brothers back at home, <laughs> um, and they all get in the fort together, and the kids have some important questions for him. I think we have a clip of this as well. Hit me with your hardest questions, guys. Have you fighting in front of Miss Yan? Guys, I can't tell you that. Yeah, this could get me in trouble. Uh, no, I won't. No, it won't? You're not going to tell her? No. You won't tell her? You promise? Yes. Okay. Maybe. I might have. Have you and Miss Young kissed? We, we have kissed, yes. It was, uh, it was, it was magical. It was, it was, it was, she's, she's nice. She's very fun to be around. Are you ready to get married? Am I ready? Absolutely. How many kids do you want to have? Ooh, I think two or three. Clayton has big muscles. He'd be really good at carrying the groceries in. He had really good fort building abilities. Probably the best fort I've ever seen. I mean, it is really nice if someone carries your groceries for you. I forgot about the grocery carrying aspect of the big muscles, but that's a good point. Yeah, I was like, I like that this is what Luke thinks you need big muscles for. Yeah, it is what you I mean, come on, it's 2021. Like, what are people using their muscles for? Building groceries. I agree. I think I think it's admirable and I think it speaks well to young Luke's conception of masculinity. (laughs) I also think that like the most I've ever liked Clayton is when they ask if he's farted in front of Ms. Young and he says, maybe. Like, I'm just going to let you imagine. I think he did act in the way that you were sort of speaking to before, Claire, which is that he took the questions very seriously Mm -hmm. and he engaged with them on their level and he tried to have fun with them. And it did all feel very sweet and natural. And it was definitely the most I've enjoyed Clayton the whole season. Yeah. Also, when he's in the blanket fort, this is when I first saw something that I now can't unsee, which is that Clayton is, like, the beast from Beauty and the Beast personified. <laughs> like, he has, like, the huge shoulders and the torso and the giant, like, lantern jaw and, like, long canines. So he's, like, hulking over them and, like, opening his mouth and showing his canines to talk to them. And I was like, this is just, like, how the beast acts when, like, when when Belle is teaching him how to drink tea out of a teacup or something. Oh my gosh. It's true. And he sort of has the the awkward dopiness yeah. also of the beast. I can't unsee it either. But ultimately, Clayton does win the kids over and they pick him for the first one-on-one date. 
the one-on-one date started out with a pizza party in the limo, which I really enjoyed. <laughs> there was lots of gummies and candy, which, you know, is always something that I want when I'm in a limo. Yeah, they did a good job there. I agree. I love that they're both like, wow, how much junk food do they think we need? And then they just start lifting up platters of it <laughs> and feeding it to each other. Like, well, done with the pizza. Time to move on to this tray of cookies. Um, I was sort of wondering if Michelle wanted Clayton for this date. Like, mm. he's one of a couple guys who didn't have a one-on-one yet. I'm curious, like, if she had been choosing this week, if Olu would have gotten a date or if it would still have been Clayton. Or, conspiracy theory, are they lying that the kids picked the person? Ooh. And, like, actually she in production picked, as usual. Yeah. I bet it's somewhere in between. I think the kids may have been led to the water. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I I think that at this point in the season, they pretty much always have someone, one person get a one-on-one that's definitely going to go home and one person get a one-on-one that's definitely going to stay. And Mm -hmm. so it it didn't totally, like, I think it tracked that Clayton would have gotten this date. Yeah. I mean, Olu was really the only other person option. Yeah. Yeah. I think, and I think if Olu had gotten the date, it would have been the same conclusion i think yeah. either way the two of them were gonna go home i yeah. did feel like olu shown quite a bit in this episode but i could also see how clayton uh you know kind of fell short during the night dinner which we will get to later yeah i mean i just don't i've never really seen it between clayton and michelle and no it's hard it's hard to really be fair about that in a way because i knew he didn't win because they spoiled mm-hmm. that he was the next bachelor before this season even aired but i really genuinely like didn't see any chemistry between them so when he comes out she's like i don't know who's coming for this date like who's it gonna be and he comes out and she's sort of like oh okay like clayton sure great yeah. uh, good i'm into it <laughs> i was like are you the I feel like maybe I'm overly critical of Clayton because I know he's the next Bachelor. Like, I I might not be so harsh on him if not for that fact. I feel like I've had that instinct, too. Yeah. And it's, like, more of my frustration with the show. So I've been trying to, like, separate it. Like, in a vacuum, Clayton is fine. He hasn't done anything bad. I don't think they have great chemistry, but he's sweet and they seem to have a good time together. I don't think that they were ever going to end up together. But it's, like the aggressiveness of the show trying to sell him to us makes me want to reject him. And it's Mm -hmm. like, he's been getting throughout the show, I think the backlash that would have happened over his selection later. Like, everyone would have liked him fine during the show and then been like, Clayton? (laughs) Like, and the show, I think, was banking on people liking him a lot and not having that feeling. But he's like an out-of-left-field choice at this point. Like, he's not even in the top six. Mm-mm. And I do think there would have been a lot of a lot of people questioning the choice if, if it was announced later. But instead, that's all just happening now instead of the usual timeline. So they eat all the sweets in the limo um, and the pizza, and then they pull up to a natural history museum where she's taken her class on field trips. And she asks, do you like museums? And he says, I love museums because there's so much inside that you can learn. That's 
so true (laughs) it's honestly just so true like what can you say to that Mm -hmm. (laughs) you're like i don't disagree (laughs) that is what a museum is thank you (laughs) this date looked genuinely fun it did look like i would i would love to have a natural history museum to myself and run around and be able to like touch all the buttons and be in the planetarium by myself to make a mating call and i got really aggrieved because he started doing a mating dance which is not the same thing (laughs) well because so i think that the exhibit they were in front of was a mating dance and then the card said because he was doing the mating dance for i looked it up i'm pretty sure it was a um Sandhill Crane. Oh my gosh, the detail. Thank you. Uh, did a little Googling. Ornithologists, don't tell me if I'm wrong. I don't want to know. <laughs> and and so I think maybe that had him in the dancing headspace. Mm-hmm. And then he just he just riffed on that, you know, yeah. with a lot more sensual hip movement. <laughs> a lot of like rolling, like body rolls. Yeah. yeah. He's like, this is how I attract a mate. With a lot of like, a lot of hip gyrations. <laughs> it's been working since the days of Elvis for the ladies. I was gonna say, like, has anyone ever seen Bye Bye Birdie? Yeah, <laughs> that's the whole thing. So they're playing around in the museum. They're looking at all the exhibits. They're playing tag. I love that they start with with her as it, like chasing him. And then she's just like, no, I hate this. Like you're supposed, (laughs) you should chase me. Like, this is stupid. Um, Which is, I mean, who wants to run around trying to to catch Clayton at a museum? Like, yeah, seems exhausting. So then they, they find a butterfly net with which they are to capture hanging paper butterflies with conversation starters that are dangling from the ceiling which i know this is a concept that the kids felt really passionately about and came up with on their own and is not at all similar to like a one-on-one date on like each of the last like three seasons of the bachelor i did really love when the video came up and it said hi miss young and feature mr young that made me so happy I was obsessed with that <laughs> like yes children you know you know who the important one is here yeah Men should start accepting from the beginning of a relationship that they might have to take their partner's name, you know, get it embroidered on the back of a jersey, have people address you that way. Um, And so they do some conversation starters on these butterflies. They go to the planetarium for a tour of the solar system narrated by the children um, with some great color commentary, like... Saturn, this planet has rings like the one maybe Mr. Young will give you soon. <laughs> Incredible scripting. I, so I hope good. they wrote it themselves. I don't know if you're familiar with what a ring is, but it's both something around Saturn and something that you give your future wife. And there will be so many halos if you get it from this particular Neil Lane. place. <laughs> yeah. Rings on rings on rings, truly, in the Neil Lane jewelry universe. And they make out, of course, classic. And then it's time for the night date uh, where they have some drinks outside. And Clayton just like starts talking. I don't even he know. He seems so <laughs> nervous and awkward. He's like, I-, I have to say some things about me. But he's just like, I 
have an MBA and <laughs> he doesn't. He's yeah. working toward an MBA. He's working towards way. his MBA because he wants to impress people. Like that, that's what I got. Sales rep, which is like one of those things where I'm like, why are there so many medical sales reps on this show? I think it's fairly easy to take leave. I think it's huh. two things easy to take leave and like many other professions that are feeders for the bachelorette, flexible and it is really important to be hot and personable. <laughs> like that's like kind of a basic yeah, requirement. We've had salespeople of all shades yeah, on this show. Computer Lots sales, of software, software sales. Yeah. yeah, exactly. I feel like I'm thinking back now to like scrubs and like the whole plot line about the incredibly hot, like drug sales rep that, that would come in to the hospital. Like it's such a thing. The idea of like medical sales reps being just like hotties. Cause they're, they have to flirt with the doctor. Yeah, I was. Oh, yeah, it's very real. It's before. very real. I have I have a friend who did that right out of school, and like it was, you, yeah, and like, it was you're like very hot, that was right? known. Training. That was known. Like, yeah, you kind of have to be hot. Yeah, job training show a little leg. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah. Like I, I feel like Clayton has been infected with like good student syndrome during this season like he wants to impress michelle he wants her to like him he wants to say the right things like honestly he's saying things to her like i love learning on this date like he is sincerely just like i want this beautiful teacher to think that i am just like the best guy and in these moments in these deep conversation moments it just doesn't really work like the big angst revelation is about how he wants to hide himself because he doesn't want to be embarrassed i was just yeah. like hmm i don't want to be embarrassed either i don't know if that's <laughs> my big angst thing though you know <laughs> it, it feels like he's just sort of saying a bunch of generalizations about himself to her and he's trying really hard and he's very sweet but they just they don't connect yeah no, to me, this is like, this is like, this is a, se- a therapy session that, that I don't later go like, wow, that was a breakthrough. It's just like a normal therapy session where I'm like, you know, I'm still struggling with how like, I hold back on doing things I should because I'm afraid that I'll be embarrassed. And my therapist is like, can you tell me what feelings are behind that? You know, we try to unpack it a little bit, but it's like, it's not that meaty or interesting of a topic. Yeah, I think I got so distracted that I just wrote, Michelle is so pretty in all caps in the middle of the conversation. She looked really pretty on this Because I didn't have anything to say about his revelation. This is one of those conversations that I had to rewatch a bunch of times because I kept thinking that I had gotten distracted and missed what was being said. And then I would go back and it would happen again. And I would go back and it would happen again. And I was like, oh, he's just like not really saying. No, there's nothing. There are no revelations here. Yeah, he he just he wants to impress people and is embarrassed and is working towards an MBA. Like that's I truly you you absorbed it. <laughs> yeah. And also he wants to not worry about being embarrassed and that will help him find a soulmate. And then he asks Michelle, like, coming on the show, was it a growing experience for you in the same way? And she says, No, not really. Like oh. I knew who I was when I came in. And but you know, people want to change themselves because there's a fear of being alone but i find being alone in a relationship is worse than being single and they're like wow loving yourself is like so important 
Oh my gosh. I, I cringed a lot when she was letting him down. She said the line, you completely check every box, which I feel is never a line that leads somewhere good. Like you're never hanging out with someone and they're like, someone you're dating, they're like, you completely check every box. Will you marry me? Yeah, it's just not. If they did do that, you like wouldn't want them to anymore. (laughs) You'd be like, I'm out. It's so it's it's exactly the way that Jasenia broke up with Ivan just one short season ago. Good on paper guy. Yeah. Yeah. So there was a whole episode of Sex in the City about it. She decides something is missing and she picks up the rose and is like, I'm not ready to meet your family. We do actually have a clip of of what she, of what of their exchange following her initial dumping. I, I, I really am thankful for this opportunity and for meeting you. And I know you'll find what you're looking for. I'm sorry that I couldn't be that, but and that's like my biggest thing is that if I say that there's a piece missing, it's not because you don't have that piece. It's because. There's a different connection that I make. You are this amazing, wonderful person. And you are enough. Just not for her. Yeah. It's a positive exit interview, you know? It's like, I'm moving on from this, but that doesn't mean it was a bad experience. I mean, I, I, like, cried a little bit during this because... I feel like how many of us have been broken up with and felt really not good enough and really self-loathing and and beaten ourselves up. And Michelle is just like so good at saying the thing that you might want to hear in that moment. That's just like, I know you feel like you're like, this is because you don't have what I what I need, but you have everything that a person should have you're enough like you're gonna you're gonna be enough for someone for the right person and I was just thinking back to a breakup in a certain other season when the bachelorette was literally like you're just a bad kisser man (laughs) go chew on that for a few months like take that in and I was like this is a slightly different scene yeah so after after Michelle ultimately walks Clayton out um the kids do do come back to also wish him goodbye in his limo exit he basically says that you know I'm like asking myself what went wrong it's the kind of the same questions I was asking after my last relationship but I'm trying not to go there and he says being vulnerable means opening yourself up to getting hurt and right now uh I want to go feel like I want to go back into that shell like normal breakup feelings honestly normal future bachelor breakup feelings (laughs) and i think the kids coming back to me this was like the desperate future bachelor sale they were like he's good with the kids he didn't give us quite enough let's really emotionally traumatize him for the sake of connecting with the viewers yeah like as he's reading the notes from the kids I wrote in all caps, this is the Bachelor edit, three exclamation points. Yes. 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 They are, honestly, they, like, the, the, the running underlying theme of this whole episode is Clayton will be a great Bachelor, right? Like, he has this beautiful goodbye with Michelle. He's, like, in the limo. He's, like, I need to stay open for love in the future. Then Luke and Kelsey come to see him and give him notes. 
and he's reading the notes and Luke's is like, you're really good at making forts and you have lots of muscles. When you get married, can I come with my sister? And Clayton's Kelsey's, crying. So cute. Kelsey's really makes him cry. It's, it's more emotional. It's less about his muscles. She's like, you're so genuine. I'm sad that you're leaving. I hope you're not too sad when you get home. You'll probably meet someone else, fall in love, and have lots of kids and be a great dad. Please don't be too sad, okay? Oh like, God. truly, that like, male and female yeah. socialization just, in these two letters. Yeah. Oh, my God. Kelsey's letter would have made me just, like, burst into tears, mm-hmm. too. Which is, yeah, what happens to Clayton. And we have a clip of what he says. I'm just very, very overwhelmed. I, uh, I haven't cried in years, um, but... Yeah, it feels good. Like that just shows me. Like I, I want kids one day. Like I want. A fa- <sighs> I just want to find love so badly and have a family. And start that chapter of my life. I want it more than anything else. And I'll do whatever it takes to get that. Whatever it takes. Perhaps what it takes is becoming the next Bachelor. Yeah. What could you do that would be like crazy and out there that would maybe lead to you finding love and starting a family? And to be fair, he has no idea at this point that well, that is the direction they want to go in. He probably has some idea. <laughs> I'm not saying this was like Maybe. a cynical move, but I think that like if you if you think the producers can push you in any other way, yeah. you've got to think that they can put in your ear like that it, the viewers are going to love you, like maybe bachelor potential. That is very true. That is very true. I, I feel like I wouldn't be assuming I was the bachelor if I was number 8. But uh <laughs> look. True. Confidence of a of a white man, yeah, goes far. I I can't believe that he hasn't cried in years. He actually seems like a guy who has cried more recently to me. I was upset by that. I'm like, oh my god, some men are so deeply emotionally repressed. We've yeah. said this like five times, but like, let boys cry. Yeah, let uh, Clayton's cry. <laughs> let Clayton's cry. Let Clayton's cry and become the Bachelor. Um. Yeah, it's really just incredible to see how hard they're making this sell. Like, you would never typically see a post-limo exit scene purely for the purpose of The Bachelor crying and being like, I really want a family. And reading affectionate letters from little kids. Children love him. So so should you, viewer. It's just like, God, the desperation of this franchise to cast a football-playing white man from the heartland as the next Bachelor is deeply wild and just wildly transparent. Like, you could just feel them being like, you need to like him. You need to like him. He's going to be good. He's the right choice, guys. We know he only made top eight, but, like, he's definitely it. Look, he cried. He cried. He wants kids. And we just know, like, all of the men that we've seen cry and be like, I really want a family. And then they become The Bachelor. And, like, ten years later, they're just, like, an influencer <laughs> without kids. And, like, they they made it six months with the winner. 
Crystals. Crystals. Still out here. Well, it's hard to find a Bachelor Nation woman who's willing to move to Iowa. Iowa and be part of his crazy life as a as a pig farmer. Well, um, that's why you have to have a farm date, such as dot dot dot. Dot dot dot. Yeah, date card Perfect for the segue. other guys. Rick, Rodney, Nate, Joe, Martin, Olu, love is messy. Like a farm. And this means Brandon is getting the one-on-one, not Olu. And it also means it's time for Martin to express some some dickish thoughts. He's like, I don't know if you guys have been paying attention. He's always just like such a dick. He's always just like, you guys like haven't been paying attention, obviously, because you're morons. But like next week is hometown. So like Clayton's probably not going to get a rose. And they're like, okay. You're the smartest one here. Great like, job. thanks, dude. <laughs> this is the energy that the children were picking up on. Yeah. And in an ITM, he says that he's been questioning a lot of Michelle's decisions. But if she sent Clayton home on the date, it would ease his doubts, which made me mad because I don't want him to feel eased by anything. Yeah, he and... becomes increasingly punchable through the episode. <laughs> and on that note, I think it's time for us to take a quick break. We'll be right back. Can you keep up? I like love it. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Emma, what's the first thing that you would do if you had an extra hour in your day? Would it be sleep? Would it be get a delicious pastry from the bake shop around the corner? Would it be, I don't know, get some actual writing done? Yeah. Ugh. Read a book. I mean, my list is extremely long these days. There Same. are not a lot of hours to spare. And, you know, a lot of us do spend our lives wishing we had more time. The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important to you and actually make it a priority. Yeah, this is something that I am often working on with my therapist. It helps you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash love to see it today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash love to see it. So it's been a few years now, but I still look back on my time planning my wedding so fondly. I mean, I was so excited to get married to my partner and to plan a big party that really reflected who we are and our friend groups and our families. And it was also very complicated and there were lots of moving parts. It wasn't always easy. Well, Claire, maybe you should have used Zola because you can plan your entire wedding in one convenient place with Zola. Yes, I've thought this many times in the years since. I mean, with Zola, you have free planning tools like a customizable checklist and website. There's a venue and vendor discovery tool that matches you with your dream team. I mean, everything on Zola is just designed to make your wedding journey as easy as possible. And with invites that are super fun to create and a wedding registry packed with gifts that you actually want, Zola takes you from save the date right to think so much without breaking a sweat. When I was planning my wedding, honestly, it was just so hard to keep track of every component of the planning process. It would have been so much easier in retrospect and let me enjoy the really fun parts of planning a wedding more if I just had everything centralized. And that is exactly what Zola makes so easy. I mean, 
that is like the number one advice I would give anyone planning a wedding today. Start planning at Zola.com. That's Z-O-L-A.com. Are you one of those people who thinks they don't have time to prioritize wellness? If so, Aloe Moves is here to change your whole mindset. From beginner to advanced, Aloe Moves has the flower class that will fit your whole schedule, even if your schedule is very complicated and ever-changing like mine is. And their classes range from five minutes to an hour, depending on what you're feeling that day, which is so convenient. They've got award-winning workouts like sweat-inducing yoga flows, hit classes, or reformer Pilates workouts. Truly, truly have it all. Because you can also find stress relief with meditations, affirmations, face yoga, gua sha, dry brushing, and journaling for those quieter moments. I am one of those people who really struggles to prioritize wellness. I did before I had kids, and now it's even harder because you're always doing pickup or drop-off. You're making a lunch. You're like dealing with some need that your children have, or you're working. And Aloe Moves allows me to just fit those workouts in, in those spare moments when I find myself with an extra 30 minutes of time. I can do a yoga class. I can do something that gets my heart rate up. And it really works with my lifestyle. So unlock your personal wellness routine with Aloe Moves. Go to alomoves.com now and use code LTSI20 for an exclusive 30-day free trial and enjoy 20% off an annual membership. That's alomoves.com code LTSI20. Alomoves.com code LTSI20. And we're back and it's time for Michelle and the guys to head to the farm. Yes, Michelle is in a classic getting a little messy outfit of a very gauzy, delicate, white going out top and jean shorts. That is what I always wear to the farm. To the farm, yeah. Well, it has a sort of like milkmaid vibe, but like Marie Antoinette as a milkmaid. That's true. And I guess she's like, I'm going to be an observer. I'm not the farm hand here. Yeah. I'm the 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 beautiful matriarch of the farm who's watching all of the farm hands. I don't know what genre I'm doing here. I've recently watched two holiday movies that involved um, women who run small, struggling, family-owned businesses on dairy farms. So this is this is the setting of a romantic lead. Wow. Yes, which is why there's the quote, in a relationship, you have to do things that are hard, dot, 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 like milking a cow. Like milking a cow. Milking a cow is tough. And the guys are not all excited about this first task uh, of milking a cow. Rodney's like, no, I like drink oat milk. Like, I don't think I should have to do this. But Rodney is always game to get on board. Rick is actually really good at milking. Um, There's something about Rick and the way that he always just seems like surprised that people are looking at him. Like, he's just like very intensely milking. And then he gets up and like pours the pail into the jug. And he looks up and everyone's staring at him. And he's like, what? Like... Oh my! Like, are you guys looking at me? It's like, yeah, Rick, you're on TV. He's also a medical sales rep, so he should be used to people looking at his beautiful face. Yeah, I, he has like a history as like a model too. I was looking at his Instagram, and of course, he is a model. But all of them are like insert profession slash, slash model. model. Um, and he compares milking to driving a car. <laughs> He's like eight and 12 and just keep, you know, put your hands eight and 12 and just keep going. Yeah. I don't know what that means really. That's not where your hands go on a car. Like that would be like your hand at the very top (laughs) and then another one, like almost at the bottom. 
Look, he's trying. Does he know what a clock looks like? (laughs) He's trying. He wants to say something poetic without milking a cow. That's really just the setup to his punchline, which is there's other things you can compare it to, but I like to think about driving a car. And most of the men are not that good at milking. It is, it's a skill. Um, I did find it really adorable when Rodney's cow gets annoyed and starts like stumbling away. And he's like, <laughs> oh no, are you okay? Like he's asking the cow if she's okay. And I was like, she's Rodney in her natural habitat. She's so fine. delightful. So yes, I love him so much. I ship them. I think they're cute together. And Michelle makes a telling comment during this challenge. She says, I'm most worried about Martin since he seems like he doesn't want to have anything to do with touching an udder. I thought the quote you were going to say was, clearly Joe knows how to handle teeth. Well, that's another telling comment. I think they're very telling together. So Joe gets the most milk. This is the first of many challenges won by Joe. She says, clearly Joe knows how to handle teats. I think that she is making she's making a little innuendo here, obviously, that teats are like the boobs of the cow. But then she's sort of implying that Martin like doesn't want to deal with that. Like that she's like a, that I think she's like saying like Martin is a misogynist. Like he doesn't want to like really get in there and do the foreplay. I mean, I would really peg Martin as a man who just doesn't really prioritize female pleasure. This maybe I'm reading too much into it, but I was no, like, I she's agree. saying Martin's bad at foreplay. I think she's right. I think she's turned on Martin, but they wanted her to keep him a little longer, and she was like, "Yeah, sure." Uh, next, the dreaded challenge: Are you nurturing enough with animals that they like you? They have to feed milk to calves while Michelle watches closely to see which one the calves like the best. Another real win for Joe. He's just a natural on Cavs farm. Calves love him. Calves love, love him. Joe. Oh, they also uh, churn butter, and they say churning butter is like relationship. Oh, yeah. I think we actually have a clip of that. <laughs> churning butter is a lot like relationships. you got to put in consistent effort and work, and it takes time. And then at the end, you have something beautiful. Butter. I've decided that my new thing is going to be to slip into romance or just like regular conversation with my spouse, things that people say on The Bachelor. So (laughs) next time we're like cuddling on the couch and watching Succession, I'm just going to say, churning butter is like a relationship. (laughs) I love this. Please text us and let us know if he clocks this as something that is out of the ordinary or just like really rolls with it. He's like, wow, now that you say that... uh, (laughs) That's a great point. You do end up with butter at the end. You, you so do. Magic is Which is beautiful. beautiful. There's something about her delivery here that I love because I feel like I feel like you can hear her being like, this is like, this is so dumb. But like, it's part of the Bachelorette thing. I have to say that everything is like a relationship and I'm doing it. You know, she's got a little like laugh in her voice. Like, sure, churning butter is just like a relationship. Mm-hmm. And... You'll be surprised to find out who makes the most butter. It's Joe. The cat favorite. I'm starting to feel like Joe has an unfair advantage here. We're going to have to look into that. I loved that Nate was trying to churn the butter by sort of spinning the handle (laughs) of the churn between his palms. Like, as Rodney put it, like he was trying to start a fire. Like, that's how, (laughs) that's not, I don't. A for effort. (laughs) 
when you're spinning it like that, you're not actually disturbing the milk that much, which is kind but of you're not crucial. actually churning it. Right. <laughs> you need to be, like, shaking it as much as possible, you know, with with that handle. And so, obviously, Joe wins. And Nate's like, I'm going to win at mucking out the paddock. Um, he's scooping that manure with the shovel until he immediately, like, tweaks his back. And he has mm. to go the side to be comforted by michelle um nate's like having a rough outing here i don't know if he's cut out for a life as a dairy farmer it did remind me of nick vile's season where they talked about not wanting to shovel poopy but on the farm date oh um, yeah, yeah N- nate is the more subtle corinne <laughs> of this date i will say like on that date they had them do like really overtly demeaning things like chugging raw milk and stuff as some sort of race like this is a much more dignified version of that date the things yeah, that they, they have to hang to out do, with baby calves yeah yeah they're just hanging out with baby calves and you know michelle makes a really good point which is i want kids they're gonna have to be ready to scoop some poop like you don't want to have a newborn and suddenly discover that and i have heard women say this about their husbands like oh like like seeing poop just makes him so sick he can't do diapers and i'm like get the fuck out of here like no one enjoys the poop but you definitely want a husband who has an iron enough stomach to complete the diaper process and this is a this is a decent testing ground so it's evening they wrap up with a little hayride and then it's time for the night date Last chance to have those serious conversations before the hometown rose ceremony. And Michelle, I want to say, looking incredibly gorgeous in black and like a sleek, low ponytail. A lot of good looks from her this episode. Always. Always. Her fashion is consistently excellent. Except for the milkmaid top. Uh, That's a trend that I just, I don't care for and I wish it didn't exist. We'll allow one miss, okay? (laughs) It's still, she has a good batting average. I was a little confused about what Nate brought up in terms of family. Yeah, we need, so we need to talk about this. This is the, Nate is the first person that she chats with and he's like, okay, we're possibly heading into a hometown date. So I really need to tell you about my quote, really unique family situation. And he said, growing up, his dad always had a few rules. And one of them was, do not ever talk to me about girls. Do not ever introduce me to anyone. I don't care. We don't ever talk about that. I don't know if we've ever encountered this in a season before. Has this happened before? This is the wildest thing I have ever (laughs) heard. It's not just like, oh, I usually don't bring a girl's home. Like... It's like my dad, like my dad very has strictly. an explicit rule. <laughs> he was like, definitely number never one rule in our girl to me ever. Don't even. I really needed more dating. context. I was like, what it was? What did he mean by this? How long has this rule existed? Is it still in place? Does he know you're going on this show? I had a, a lot of questions. Right, because yeah, it seemed to imply that it would be okay now when if he were to bring Michelle home. And they can- Michelle is so <laughs> casual about this. She's like, oh, so then you met me and like, and like now you're good. with you- Well, so that's the thing is that then he's like, but then I met you and I like you came along and like, it just seems like it would be so easy to introduce you to my dad. And I was like, wait, but so like, 
How does I your dad said, feel no about girls. it? No girls. Don't ever talk about it ever. It seems like it's important whether your dad feels ready for you to introduce her to him because he's the one with the rule. It's very weird. I've never heard anything like this. I hope we get more context on this. Yeah, it was very confusing to me. And then they proceeded to go into the definitely seriously strongly falling for you talk. Yeah. Michelle is so into Nate. Oh my God. Like she, that's why she didn't even like bat an eye at the fact that his dad was like, it is verboten to mention a, you know, a girl you might like in my presence. She's just like, she's in. She's. I feel like that would have made me more freaked out because if I'm not going (laughs) to marry a guy, then like his dad can think whatever. But like, I'd want to be pretty comfortable with my in-laws being comfortable with my existence. And that would really freak me out. But she's got stars in her eyes. You make a fair point. I My feeling was she just sort of like, yeah, that there was like nothing he could say. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. She was like, I'm tumbling down a hill so fast. (laughs) Yeah. What kind of falling am I? I'm the kind where you're just like falling down a hill and you can't stop and... You're just going to have to make it to the bottom. And she says her heart is going a million miles an hour, which seems That's to be sort fast. of her. S- <laughs> it's, it's a little too fast. It's like faster than a hummingbird. Um, and it seems to be her stock response to the I'm falling for you confession. But yes. she does then to Nate reciprocate by saying that she is tumbling down a hill. And he's like, you make me happy. And then they kiss. I really like Nate as a as a person. I've enjoyed his presence on the show. I just like, he makes me so nervous for Michelle. I feel like he's a player. I'm like, not totally convinced that he's as into her as she's into him. And that I'm scared. I want her to like, mm. find perfect love on this show. I think compared to a lot of the other remaining guys, I don't get that feeling from him. Uh, he's so deeply into yeah, it but, seems more like he's like this is fun it's like she's i know but the problem is i think she's the most into him yeah and that is why i agree it's making me nervous but yeah just crossing my fingers and hoping for the best <sighs> after she chats with nate michelle chats with joe they discuss how nurturing he was with the cows and he says that his grandparents owned and ran a dairy farm. So he was a natural for a reason. It's in his blood. Yeah, it's yeah. like when they have a firefighter challenge and someone is a firefighter. You know? <laughs> yeah, but this was like stealthy. Like no one knew that he like came from a rich dairy farming lineage. I feel like this has been Joe's whole thing, though. He's like secretly a basketball star. He's and, secretly like, everything. <laughs> just everything. <laughs> Joe is very dreamy. I really... Yeah. You just have to hope that the secrets that he reveals continue to be good ones. You're like, oh, you're really good at basketball. Like, oh, you're really good at dairy farming. Like, oh, you're really into me, even though you seem quite reserved. You know, you want to keep having them be good reveals. But I would just be like, wow, a lot under wraps in Young Joe. Yeah, but his quiet, I don't know, his quiet introversion really appeals to me. But I think that says something about, about me in particular. It appeals to me too. It appeals to Michelle. Though <laughs> it's 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 not necessarily the type of guy that I usually go for, but I love the contrast that it makes with the kind of guy who usually does well on this show, who's more in the Nate mold. And they have like an interesting like two front horses sort of dynamic going in this race 
they're so different and they're clearly the guys that she's the most solid with. Yeah. And I like having that like introverted type represented. And she chats with a couple of the other guys, Rick, Rodney. Meanwhile, Martin is just bitching. I think we have a clip of the conversation he's having with the other guys. I think for me, I don't know about you, I went into my last conversation and just like the conversation didn't flow yeah. as it usually does. Yeah. And after having a little bit of miscommunication, you can't help but to think about these things and be like, wait, she hasn't been paying attention. <laughs> and that's why she perceived everything a little bit incorrectly. My last conversation with her at the last cocktail party, there was a little bit of miscommunication. And I don't think she understood what I was trying to say, and she got very much defensive. Yeah, there's a lot of things that have made me question, you know, what she really stands for, I guess. But, like, going back to her poem, obviously Michelle's gone through some childhood trauma. For her, it's something that's, like, deep inside her that maybe she hasn't worked past. And I think that's immature. such an asshole it's just like it's astonishing like how much of an I'm like, asshole sir do you realize <laughs> that you went on a dating show and you're on television and you're saying these things like in interviews and just generally to the group there is this clear disconnect because they did talk about opening up and being vulnerable how, you know, he's trying to learn that showing emotion isn't weakness and, like, he admires how evolved she is in that way. And it's the same things about her that he is in this conversation framing as immaturity. That's, like, there's some damage that you haven't fixed and that means you're not good enough for my time yet. Like, call me when you don't have any feelings about anything that's happened in your past. (laughs) Yeah, that was insane and also... Like, he would be such a nightmare to date. Imagine every time you talk past your partner at all and your partner always attributes that to your failings. Like, it is never it is never Martin's fault when a miscommunication occurs. It is always the other person's fault. And also, it's not a miscommunication. She very much knew exactly what he was saying. She just didn't agree she didn't like or it. like it. So first of all, well, the, whenever, I guess that's the other. Whenever you disagree with them or criticize them or take issue in any way, first of all, that's not what they really said. You just didn't understand. And to be clear, that's on you. You didn't understand because you weren't you paying listen. attention. You weren't you were paying listening. attention. And, th- and then you got defensive, which is the worst possible thing, like, to be defensive. Who, What it's kind of It's probably child? about the childhood trauma that you, at 28, have not fully healed from 100%. And again, that's on you. I really hope that in the future, whenever Martin talks to anybody, they'll play the, like, do-do-do-do-do music that they played <laughs> when he was talking to the kids. Just in life, though, like somebody's just following him around with a little like zoom box. Being like, you are a clown, <laughs> sir. <laughs> yes. uh, in terms of this like specific quote, it felt like possibly a little bit Frankenbitten to me because we don't actually see him say the last comment about her poem directly. We like see guys reacting to something he's saying. But at the same time, it's clear that I he think said it's a, it. Yeah, I think it's Frankenbitten, but I don't think it matters i think what it it was a frankenbite where they took a previous conversation and 
put it there for narrative continuity because yeah. it was clearly something that Olu had heard him say and that he had been perhaps sitting with for a little yeah. while. Either it happened earlier or even just like at a different point during this evening and they wanted during to make evening. it all happen yeah. during one scene. But he clearly said it. Um, and Olu is just sitting there like this fucking guy. Um, and Rick is just like, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Rick okay. is always just like, like I want to go on uh, dates with nice guys only. I don't understand what this is all about. It's tough I don't though, like with this. the Olu situation because it's so hard to be the narc on this show. Like it never puts you in a good position. And I think he knows that. Um, and it kind of touches on it when he later does bring it up. But Olu was was not, I think, going to make it past this week. And he would have gotten a one-on-one if that was a possibility. Um, which is, like, it's a shame. But Michelle, before she finds out this information, does have some one-on-one time with Martin. Um, she asks him what his friends would say his biggest flaw is. And Martin's always just, like, taking an opportunity to, like, get a little dig in or to, like, be like, I'm right, though. Like, he's like, well, I'm brutally honest, so it can seem direct or it can seem like, you know, sometimes there's a little bit of miscommunication. Like, I think there was was last time we talked. Like, right? Like, he's just, like, ready to slip in a little dig about how she didn't understand him. And during this conversation, that's kind of a moment where I found what he was saying really irritating. It seems like Michelle has a similar reaction. Like, she looks a little irked. But then he's like, but anyway, I think you're an amazing woman. You're loving, caring, thoughtful, generous. You handle yourself like a woman. (laughs) And then he goes, right? And I was like, are you trying to get, like, are you being, like, are you quizzing her on this? Are you being, like, don't you act like a woman? Like, are you a grown-up, Michelle? Yeah, I have no idea what that means. Coming out of Martin's mouth, I suspect it's nothing I would enjoy. Yeah. I feel like it's calling back to the thing where he's like, you're not like the shitty women in Miami, right? Like, you're different, right? Yeah. Okay. We can make out now. And this is the point where Olu has had enough. And he decides, as we alluded to earlier, he decides to bring this to Michelle. And he does acknowledge that often people might bring something up in in a desperate ploy to benefit themselves. And he sort of heads that off. He says, I'm not saying this to benefit me, but I want to tell you I have concerns about Martin. And he says, when he was talking about your poem, he called you immature because he said you hadn't fully dealt with your past. And I think Michelle has had enough conversations with Olu where she really trusts what he has to say. Yeah. And I think that they just, frankly, have more of a friendship vibe than a long-term romantic vibe. And she feels lousy about Martin to the point where this fits. Yeah, Yeah. I think it just confirmed what she sort of suspected about Martin, but he had this way of always sort of criticizing her and then immediately kind of love-bombing her in a way. Yeah. And so this just sealed his fate. Yeah, I think also, I mean, Olu says something that spoke to the connection that Olu and Michelle have had over the issues she wrote about in her poem. He's like, when Martin said that, I thought, okay, so you haven't dealt with these issues. Like, Martin doesn't understand the effects that the kind of experiences that you've had could have on your life. He he doesn't understand. And that's something that we know Michelle is worried about in a partner, that they won't be able yeah. to understand 
the effects of racism in her life. It's just so deeply insulting for someone to suggest that racial trauma is something that you should have just sort of healed overnight, never come up again, never have to talk about, never have to deal with. Right. It's like, like you should heal from it because it's in the past. <laughs> That's not relevant. Yeah, that would, that would never be relevant today, Michelle. Yeah. So Michelle thanks him for the information and she she now has to go confront Martin. So she goes and, of course, picks up the group date, Rose, and is like, Martin, can we go have a chat? And you have to think Martin is deluded enough to think, this is it. I'm getting the group date, Rose. We're going to hometowns. But instead, Michelle tells him that it was brought to her attention, that he has been saying one thing to her and then speaking about it differently when he's with the guys. And that he said that her poem was immature. And she asked if he said that. And he said, that's absolutely not true. And she says, well, where would it stem from? And he says, I would love to know. And then he says, can I tell you what I said? Am I allowed? He is so petulant. I dislike him so much. This is is immature behavior. He just shows his whole entire ass during this episode. Like, every minute, he just digs the hole deeper and deeper and looks worse and worse and worse. Production must have been thrilled. Well, I couldn't help but wonder, are they going to send this person to paradise eventually just to make some drama, or is he really too irredeemable? I think they definitely will send him to paradise. And what I'm interested in is... Are there going to be people who want to give him a shot or is he going to have a rocky time in paradise? He's like classic paradise material. They're yeah. going to they're going to want to send him. And I just like I hate the way he talks to her. It's so it's like pre-defensive. Like she hasn't said anything to indicate that he's not allowed to give a response. She's actually asking for his response and to do a thing like am I allowed to say what I said? It's like why are you acting like she's preventing you from speaking? Like you're putting it out there that she's controlling you in a way that she just isn't. Well, it's clear that he thinks that's how all women behave. Yeah. And that's just a thing that women do. They always want to misunderstand and control the men in their lives. Like he has such intense misogyny baked into basically everything he says from here on out. Like, it truly is, like, whenever a woman has a feeling, that is an attack on me. Whenever a woman has an opinion or a comment, that is control of me. When a woman has a past, that means she's (laughs) immature. Yes. And I think we have a clip. Uh, We have uh, basically a moment where we don't see what he says right after this. We just see the men talking about their body language. And then we cut back to Martin. And I think we have a clip of what he's saying when we return. There is a difference between being insecure and having insecurities. Does that make sense? But that's not... That's not what was understood from that person that told you. Yeah, okay, cool. The, but how, the can mis- I call, can you, how can I you call somebody immature? You have to let me speak when you're okay, talking but, to me. But my love, when now you're, you're putting words in not, me. No, my love. When you're talking to me, you talk to me about being a strong woman. Mm-hmm. But words that have been used when you're not talking to me are 
insecurities, immature. So which one is it? My personal opinion is that you're letting somebody else dictate the relationship that we have. I think what's difficult is... Because for me, it's not even like... Okay. No, it's just like a respect thing. I respect you. I thought you did as well. The whole conversation has been about how you think I should feel about it and how I misread it. Like, you haven't even taken a step back. And you've cut me off every time I start talking. So I apologize for maybe speaking over you. Maybe. (laughs) Maybe. (laughs) The little laugh when he apologizes, like, I can't believe I have to apologize for this bullshit. I did really like when she interrupted and said, no, not my love. Yes. Oh, my God. Yes, that was so satisfying. It's so so condescending. So manipulative and condescending to be like, I'm going to call you my love right now, like, in this moment. Like, ugh. Um, Yeah, so he sucks. And I just get a lot of satisfaction out of how Michelle doesn't let him get away with any of it. She's like, I notice that you're interrupting me. I notice that you don't want me to have my own feelings about this. I notice that you're calling me my love when that is like not the dynamic of our relationship right now. And finally, she says, you haven't been honest with me. And he's like, I haven't been honest. Like, that's his thing. He's honest to a fault, right? He's like so brutally honest. Yet another example of a guy who's like, I'm just too honest when he's just an asshole. Like, it's clear that he has not been honest with her. And any time that he has said that he's just being honest, he was just being a dick. And all the time, he is being two-faced with her. And so she says that her red flags are up and she doesn't trust him anymore. So she has to walk him out. And Martin says, I really hope you find your soulmate. And Michelle says, okay. (laughs) He's like, okay, all right. And Martin, of course, continues to act like a huge dick the entire time he exits. And we have a clip of what he says in the limo. I'm not upset that I'm not going to hometowns and I'm not upset that I'm going home. I'm upset that she handled like that. She was like, now that you spoke over me and loudly, blah, blah, blah. She's making a mistake, which she'll let her, she'll find out on her own that she made a mistake. But at this point, I wouldn't even care to give her a shot. It's sad. That's all it is. I feel sad for her. (laughs) Like a woman like that does not deserve my time. I'm speechless. I did write Martin sucks in all (laughs) caps. (laughs) That is the only commentary here. Martin sucks. He's right. A woman like Michelle does not deserve his time, but not for the reasons that Martin thinks. She doesn't deserve to have to spend even a single a single moment of her life dealing with this bullshit. And if anything, you know, if Michelle is in any way to blame, it's because one might say you could have seen his frosted tips and his ripped off sleeves, plaid shirts and been like, this guy probably says things like, I hate it when females are too high maintenance. But she was open minded and she gave him a shot. And this is the bullshit that ensued. Fortunately, he's gone now. Yeah. He's gone. And ultimately, the group date rose 
goes to Nate, which is fairly predictable. Yeah. And poor Olu is just like, well, I guess I helped her. He's like, I'm sure I'm not going home. I'll get a rose, you know, later. Oh, I'm sorry, Olu. (laughs) And on that note, I think it's time for a quick break. And when we get back, we'll talk about Brandon's one-on-one. Can you keep up? I like I am someone who is perpetually facing the issue of my closet is messy and full, and yet I feel like I have nothing to wear. Mm -hmm. But Quince has been an absolute game changer for my style. Same. If I really need a new luxury basic, I know where I'm going to find one that is going to fit the bill, work for a lot of different occasions and styles. And I'm also going to stay on budget, which is a huge plus. They have items like 100% Mongolian cashmere sweaters for just $50, organic cotton sweaters, washable silk tops, and timeless 14-karat gold jewelry. The best part is that all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And by partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passing... and passes the savings on to us. Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. I love Quince for their wardrobe basics. Like, I have a really amazing leather blazer from Quince, but I also have gotten really into, like, their luggage and travel accessories. I just purchased an incredible, like, neoprene weekender bag, and it is such high quality. The color is beautiful. And I spent about half as much as I would have spent on a very similar product from a fancier brand name. Indulge in affordable luxury. Go to quince.com slash LTSI for free shipping on your order and 365-day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash LTSI to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Quince.com slash LTSI. One in five Americans have learned a new language on their bucket list. As they should, learning a language is so important. So if that's you, make 2024 the year you finally check it off the list with Babbel, the science-backed learning language app that actually works. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are designed by over 150 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks, which is kind of wild. One study found that using Babbel for 15 hours is equivalent to a full semester at college, aka so, so many days of waking up for an 8.30 class that I maybe didn't need to do at all. Plus, all of Babbel's 14 language courses are backed by their 20-day money-back guarantee. Personally, I've been trying to brush up on some basic French because I am headed to go work from Paris for a few weeks and... It's been really helpful because my French is not good, but now I don't have to sound like such an idiot. (laughs) You can never sound like an idiot, but Babbel can definitely help. Here's a special limited time deal for listeners. Right now, get 55% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners at babbel.com slash LTSI. Get 55% off at babbel.com slash LTSI. Spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash LTSI. Rules and restrictions may apply. And we're back. And it's time for Brandon to finally get his moment in the sun. Yes, Brandon's long-awaited one-on-one. It would have been, like, mean to Brandon, his, like, sensitive 
boyish feelings if he had never gotten a one-on-one her and she he's gotten like so many group date roses she it really likes bizarre. him yeah i was very charmed by this one-on-one honestly yeah he's he too and they're it's it's a it's a cute date her students have planned some activities for them that bring up a lot of memories for michelle i actually don't think that the students planned any of this in the kind of hands-off way that has been depicted but this does actually seem like a very familiar kind of date to a kid that's like you have your friend over to your house and you have ice cream and you go in the pool like it's just like classic classic hanging out and he is so excited to see her he really like if you look at the body language of the guys during kissing moments Brandon is the guy who, like, really leans over. He's like, I'm coming to you. Like, I'm into this. Sometimes the guys kind of sit back and let Michelle be the the one to lean over. But Brandon is, like, basically climbing into her seat at every moment that he can. I just feel like they're they're very friendly and familiar in a way that felt very tender and real to me. Like, the things that they said, you know, in the childhood home like i like you is it okay if you have a guy in the room like they felt very familiar to me in terms of oh these are they're sort of giddy yeah, together it's very sweet when they like each other yeah like they might say something like i like you and not like even as i sit here i'm beginning to tumble <laughs> like so many tumble leads down the desert hill um my feelings for you are as yeah. the tumbleweed yeah no it's very we've all been I think at the beginning of a relationship that that felt like this and he is just like out of his mind with excitement and she drives them to an ice cream spot uh Nelson's for those in the St. Paul Minneapolis area they feed each other ice cream they at one point are eating out of cones at another point out of large cups I was like how much ice cream did they have <laughs> It's a very dairy-forward episode. <laughs> they get sticky. They make out. It's very cute. She keeps saying, like, I can see him being my best friend in a soulmate kind of way. And it's very sweet. I do see, like, they have, like, cutest couple at your high school energy to me together. Yeah, there's a moment where he just, like, smooches her all over. And I'm like, oh, this is when you're just so giddy and into somebody, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Just like in the car, he just sort of leans over and grabs yeah. her and they're just furiously <laughs> making out. It felt like a like a real, true quality makeout sesh. Oh, yeah. Nothing like making out in the car outside of your childhood home. And that is where they go next. They are driving to a place that she teases as being the place where she has the most memories. So her house. And it's where her parents still live. And... As they're driving up, she's like, so this is the cul-de-sac where I grew up. And you can just see the panic pass over his face. Like, oh, my God, I'm meeting the parents. It's happening. It's it's the meeting the parents date. And as they stop outside her house, he, like, unbuckles and, like, lunges over to make out with her. And to be like, you have to, like, take care of me. You have to hold my hand. I'm so scared. <laughs> oh. He's like, I'm excited, but I'm scared. And she's like, don't worry. Don't worry. My parents aren't home. 
but they will return home just in time to see you half naked making out. Yeah, I don't know. He should have been prepared for that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I feel like I didn't like feel so tenderly towards Brandon in previous episodes. I feel like this is the one where I was really like, oh. I feel like this is his setting. Like he needed the one-on-one to really have interactions with her that aren't him just like giving her corny lines for Mm -hmm. one thing. Like we always just see like a, 30 second conversation between them at the at the evening portion of the group dates where he's just like I just want to remember this moment forever because you're my dream girl and I'm going to dream about you later and you're like what but like (laughs) he's getting to expand a little bit more plus he does have that like high school boyfriend energy Mm -hmm. to me it's Mm -hmm. very it's working her house they head in she's like my parents aren't home it's fine they head inside she fully has the house of which, like, the the middle class, like, two-parent, three, 2.5-kid household, like, dreams are made of. Like, nice rambling house with family and school pictures and senior portraits, like, on every wall. She's like, here is the wall of portraits of me and my siblings. <laughs> and at this point, after they hang out in her childhood bedroom for a little bit, and make out she suggests a swim in their pool so this is where i was like okay michelle feels a certain amount of intimacy i felt like offering to give your boyfriend or one of your like a boyfriends or whatever your dad's swim trunks to wear i felt like that was such an intimate thing to do i don't know maybe i'm just conservative when it comes to things like giving <laughs> strange men my dad's swim trunks i don't know yeah i i was like he's i would like, never is he okay with that and she's like well he's not here it's fine i have to say my guess again is that this is fully set up and it's not even her dad's swim shorts but that's what she purportedly i, I would him. agree with that assessment she was like of course they are exactly in this drawer because <laughs> okay. i am that familiar with every place that my father keeps every item of clothing this totally threw me for a loop she's like leading him into the parents bedroom to get mm-hmm. her dad's swimsuit out of his nightstand and she's like great right where they always are well isn't that where you keep your, your swim why does he keep his swim trunks in his nightstand probably because they are not his they're like swim seven trunks. dressers in and the, the, sex room, and he's like, the sex toys and the swim trunks <laughs> I was like, yes, a lot of parents are always encouraging their children to look for things for them in their nightstands. <laughs> I also like how the dip in the pool is actually like a makeout session yeah. in the hot tub. Yeah. So they're just like replaying high school love affairs, like boyfriends snuck over, mom and dad are out of the house, making out in the jacuzzi. And just like in one of those high school moments... The parents are pulling into the driveway and they're about to catch you making out with their daughter in their jacuzzi and their swim trunks. <laughs> and, and they keep kind of cutting back and forth between them <laughs> making out and then the parents like entering. It's so dramatic. It's like the parents that like we're supposed to sort of like read this as like this was a surprise, but the parents seem completely unfazed by all the cameras that are in their house, like following them as they head out back to to catch them. And of course, when you come home, the first thing you do is head to check on your pool and jacuzzi. (laughs) It's just very natural. (laughs) Gotta go make sure no one's making out with our daughter in this damn jacuzzi. 
Michelle's mom, I just continue to be astonished by how exactly she looks like Hannah's mom and girls. She it's looks wild. exactly like Becky and um, Baker. Just exactly. They uh, surprise the kids in the jacuzzi, and Brandon ultimately meets Michelle's parents dripping wet, wearing her dad's swimsuit. And then they are allowed to dry off and put their clothes back on for more of a formal conversation. And this goes well for for Brandon, I think. It goes yeah. really well. Um, you know, Michelle's parents are adorable. They continue Levon to be adorable. And, and Levon and Ephraim. And Brandon really does seem like the kind of guy that just does great with parents. Oh. He's like, tell me, what's your advice for a good yeah, marriage? All, what do I need to know? Your daughter's so special. They all look so cute together. I felt just the four of them sitting together. They looked very comfortable and cute. Yeah, they're they all did. having a, a great time. And yeah, he, Brandon is giving them the full, like, you've raised such an incredibly special kid. And all she ever talks about is how you're the reason she's so great. Because you're the most incredible married couple of all time. Tell me how you do it. Um, but, you know, they also talk about things they like about each other. They both share that they want three kids, which is a great number of kids, I think. I'm one of uh, three. And we definitely see a little bit more of Levon's, uh, I don't know if I would say spitfire, which is what Michelle said, but we see her humor come out a little bit. She's, like, joking around with Brandon, and, like, Ephraim is obviously more reserved, like Michelle said, and, Levon is, like, ticking off points in Brandon's favor and, like, laughing. And when he asks for advice, she says that her husband is her best friend and he always put her first, even when it was very difficult. And at this point, Brandon asks to talk to her parents alone so that he can negotiate some sort of deal, presumably. Um, Broker a deal. Broker deal, a dowry, <laughs> like dowry, some sort of situation. I've got four cows that yeah, I he's stole like, from look, the dairy I, farm. <laughs> I was gonna exactly. He's like, I'm very familiar with nurturing baby calves. Um, the boys brought a few back for me, <laughs> and he tells them that Michelle, who he met several weeks ago, means the entire world to him, and he wants the happiest marriage with her. But he's an old soul. And so he won't marry her without their blessing. I think the he means that he's old-fashioned. Yeah. <laughs> the old soul thing yeah. that he got me. Yeah. I was like, huh? Yeah, he did not, in fact, mean old soul. But we, we got yeah. where he was going with I think it. he's actually a young I soul. Appreciated, <laughs> I appreciated that Michelle's parents did the diplomatic thing of being like, we trust our daughter if she chooses you. We're happy also, to have didn't you. Also, the mom answer first. in our family. I felt yeah, yeah. yeah. Yes. So I felt like you know it wasn't as much as with some past contestants who were like, "I'm just going to talk." It to wasn't the dad. like, yeah. "Lady, you you need to go off to the side. I must uh, must ask the father if he is willing to give his property <laughs> over to me." Like, this is a conversation between men. Um, no, they're very sweet about it, and they clearly like him a lot. Um, as they leave, in fact, I think Levon and Levon is like, I really like him. And they're like, yeah, he's great. So a successful outing for Brandon. And it's time for the night date. Michelle uh, is in sort of flowy bronze metallic and loose curls for this. Another great look. And they're eating dinner in a 
sort of brick courtyard that uh, is apparently the Mill City Museum site of a catastrophic 1878 explosion that killed all 14 men who worked there. So really romantic history. Just really, <laughs> yeah, really evoking I some romance. I learned this episode that flour is very dangerous. <laughs> Super flammable. <laughs> so good to know. Um, that was actually while I did some Googling. It was not while I was watching, but just FYI for everyone. And as they sit uh, for their dinner, Michelle is feeling really good about Brandon. Brandon is feeling really good about Michelle. And she asks him who she would meet at hometowns. And he says his parents and his brother. And he brings up his grandpa. He says, the person I most would have wanted you to meet was my grandpa, who was my best friend and the person who really taught me about relationships and love. Um, But he has passed away. And Michelle tells him that his grandfather shines through him with how he lights up a room and cares about people in his life. And then Brandon gives her a really sweet gift, I thought. It was very sweet. It was very sweet. He gives her a bracelet that his mom made for him. And apparently the mom, his mom told him that this bracelet was to be given under certain circumstances. Yeah, I think she said, give it to Michelle if you find that you really believe she's the one, because then when we see it on her, we will give her the same love we would give to you. So, like, a signal that we should, like, really welcome her into the family. And she's very touched. That is such a sweet Mm -hmm. sentiment. It's so much nicer than the last time we saw a man give a woman a bracelet on this franchise. Remember Chase and, <laughs> Chase and, and the, the that guilt, was, the, 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 oh like, my God. I think Chase gave the necklace oh, right, right, right. and Carl, Carl gave, gave the, bracelet. the bracelet, but it was, it was all, all very, very tacky, tacky and not particularly yeah. sweet at all. Uh, Carl, Carl and the so. trying to lock this down bracelet that set off a jewelry arms race. Um, this was very sweet. It really was the timing was was good like it was like we've already made this really deep connection and this actually means something um and but then when he says the whole like michelle and young i'm falling in love with you thing it it was the way that people actually talk when they're saying they're falling in love it wasn't like i am beginning the path (laughs) of falling in love with you yeah the process of falling in love with you has officially begun He's very, he definitely, I think, really, really cares for her. And this is when Michelle says, my heart is going a million miles an hour. (laughs) Again, too fast. (laughs) And not even really sure how that works out. But um, she doesn't really return the sentiment this time. She just says that and then they make out. So I, she's maybe not as far along with Brandon as she is with Nate, which isn't surprising. And she does offer him the rose and says, maybe this is this could be the start of falling in love with Brandon. So that means that we are going to meet Brandon and Nate's families. And it means that there are only two more roses on the table. And the men are like the remaining men after this date are like, "Okay, cocktail party time. This is where I'm really going to sell myself. So, of course, this is the moment that Tasha and Caitlin arrive and are like, look, guys. Cocktail party? 
Not going to happen. Michelle knows what she Obviously, wants to do. Obviously, there's not going to be a cocktail party. So, like, four guys. Like, why yeah. would she put herself through this? Ne- there's never a cocktail. Like, sometimes they just do all of the roses on the group date because it's so absurd to have a cocktail party for, like, four guys to try to win her over. And they find out that the cocktail party has been canceled. And Olu is like, I've got to do what I can do to get forefront of Michelle's mind, which is wear a very eye-catching tomato red suit with, like, thick black and white stripes. I was into it. I I love a fashion risk. I I also also liked it and made note of it specifically. Yeah, I think... Yeah, I was into it. I'm into him. I hope he goes to paradise. Me too. I, you know, could Olu have been a great bachelor? People are saying. Some people are suggesting it. I'm starting that. I'm starting that train here. Um, not sure that this suit was my favorite, but I did love that he went there and he mm-hmm. really stood out in a crowd of of dark suits. Meanwhile, Michelle also in red for this rose ceremony, red lip, red sparkly sheath dress. And she has two roses to give out, which of course go to Joe. And then a bit more surprising, Rodney. I was not expecting great that. choices. Neither was I. I fully thought it was going to be Rick. Me too. I I did appreciate that a little bit earlier, like everyone seemed to know that Joe was definitely getting one of the roses because Rick was like, when the cocktail party was canceled, I looked around and I saw Olu and Rodney were also getting nervous. <laughs> the three of us are so nervous. I always feel like <laughs> I was like, oh, Rick, at least you're observant. I always feel like if you're one of the guys who's like, well, that guy's definitely getting a rose, but like, hopefully I will too. I'm like, at that point, aren't you like, oh, so I'm not going to win this show. Mm-hmm. Like that's got to be the the end of it in a certain way. You know, but you're sort of like, I'm yeah, still here. Keep going. So. Maybe maybe get to be Bachelor. Oh, no, wait. They picked a guy who came in eighth. Never mind. But both Olu and Rick have really, really sweet exits. Michelle says to Olu that he's one of the most sincere people she's ever met. And Olu, as he leaves, is like, yeah, it hurts to be rejected, but that's part of life. And I just have to accept it. And then Rick whispers to Michelle that this amazing journey has changed me. <laughs> These dudes, man, they're so soft and lovely. Most of them anyway. Because like, as I know, goodbye, I love it. Like, I heard so many of them say, love you, man. Or like, love you, goodbye. It was so lovely. Yeah. <laughs> Ultimately, Rick heads out and he says, you know, I thought she was someone that I could create a family with, but I, I pray that we'll both find the right person. Oh. And this means... Crucially, that our final four, Joe, Brandon, Rodney, and Nate, are the first ever non-white final four in Bachelor history. I was so excited by that when I realized that. I was so excited. Yeah, me too. Yeah. It's crazy that it took this long, but it is really exciting to see. Yeah. And they're just like a great final four. I like all of them. Yeah, they're they're a good bunch. And... This does mean, I think, that unless there's, like, a huge twist, which they haven't been teasing, so I suspect there isn't a huge twist, our first Black winner and our first Black final couple in franchise history as well, which is, again, crazy that it's taken this long. Taken this but, long. Uh, but we're still going to enjoy it yeah, when it when Obviously, it's um, um, on Paradise, uh, but... 
for like a bachelor bachelorette um season this will be the first time so and next week we got hometowns and it looks like they're gonna be dramatic i think we see joe's dad straight up tell michelle that his son is not ready for an engagement i think it was joe's dad from context clues and facial similarities clues (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah it's just like a tour of of parents being like you're going to break his heart and or he's not ready to marry you. No um, one said, my son promised me ever since he was a toddler to never introduce me to a partner ever <laughs> in my entire life. How could this be happening to me? The one thing I've ever asked for my son who for whom I have done everything <laughs> is to never speak to me of a woman, let alone allow me to see her with my eyes. Um, but it does seem like Nate's week might go a bit sideways um because we we do see him weeping so that's yeah it it looked like it was hometown related but i'm really bad at at separating out when they do these quick teasers i'm like who knows when any of this stuff happens but can't wait to see how his dad handles his one rule being flouted (laughs) in this really brazen fashion and then a little credit sequence of clayton letting Jaylene paint his nails bright red. I legitimately thought this was cute. It was cute. He's like, I think red looks good on me, doesn't it? And she's like, yeah, sure. She's <laughs> like, I'm not here to give you compliments, Clayton. That's not what this is about. <laughs> but Jaylene ultimately leaves us with, with what production was really looking for. They ask her, you know, where do you think Clayton might go to, to find love? And she just looks dead in the camera and says, He's going to be the next Bachelor. No, she says he could be the next Bachelor. I think he actually, she actually said he will, he's going to be. Mm, no, because I'm, I'm sorry. I remember she goes, he could be the next Bachelor. Now we're going to have to listen back because I'm curious. I want Clayton to find a wife. Do you think he'll go find someone from here? Like, what, what do you think, what do you think is next for Clayton? Who'll be the next Bachelor? Wow. Vindication for Emma. <laughs> You should have bet on something. There should have been, there should have been a, yeah. Listen, to be right is a a powerful, (laughs) heady feeling. And I'm happy for Emma that she has that right now. (laughs) Um, So yeah, she is a seer. She knows what's coming. And we all know what's coming. We know that Clayton's season is already taping. And we just have to sit back and wait for it to happen. Um, but on that note, uh, Esme, thank you so much for joining us for this episode. And uh, if you'd like to take a moment to tell listeners where they can find you and your workshops. Yeah. So thank you so much for having me. This has been amazing. You can find me at EsmeWang.com. And I'm currently selling a three bundle, a uh, three workshop bundle about memoir writing. And you can find that at memoirbundle.com. <laughs> And now it's time for Love to See It, Hate to See It. First up, Love to See It. We really love to see extremely wise fifth graders who can sense Martin's BS from a mile away. They're not into his cologne and they're not into his patronizing tone. Thank you very much. 
thank you, fifth graders, for your wisdom. We also love to see the first all people of color, all black final four in the history of the franchise. Again, it is fully pathetic that it took this long for this to happen, but we love to see it. We also love to see Olu going out by sort of falling on his sword, just like being the truest mensch on this season. Also, Emma loved to see a suit jacket. I did. <laughs> we also <laughs> loved to see Martin getting what was coming to him, getting eviscerated by Michelle, and ultimately getting eviscerated by Bachelor Nation. Yeah. And we love to see really the preservation of very important farm skills that built this this country return to our idyllic agrarian past, dairy cows, manure, survivalism, etc. Rick and Joe, they'll be there. They're going to look out for us. In the end times. Exactly. I feel comforted by that. And now, hate to see it. First, of course, Martin calling Michelle immature for being open about having emotions and a past and traumas. (laughs) He's an asshole. If anyone's immature, it's obviously Martin. Yeah, speaking of which, I hate to see the way Martin talks to Michelle and honestly, presumably lots of women in his life. He's always interrupting her. He's always like taking a tone with her. He's always getting defensive and accusatory, framing things as if she's being like a shrew or unreasonable when she's being extremely patient and kind to him and it just makes me crazy to see women being talked to on their own goddamn season of the bachelorette my god i personally hate to see michelle's farm date outfit because it just forced me to confront the return of like the gauzy ren fair casual milkmaid top as like everyday wear. I just, I really don't like it. It's so fussy. I, I want to go back to when we all just wore different kinds of t-shirts with, with jeans. And I guess that I just have to accept that society is moving forward, but I don't have to like it. You don't. And finally, we hate to see the show making such an incredibly transparent hard sell for Clayton as the next Bachelor when he is not even in the final four or final seven. Like, it is so telling that they are going hard for the whitest bread man to make it within spitting distance of hometowns when the final four is all black men. Yeah, what what a coincidence. Your racism is showing, Bachelor franchise. And... Finally, our sportsy rating out of 10 basketballs. Last week, we had almost a t- almost a full 10 basketballs. This week, a major plunge on the sportsiness scale. I think Plummet. we're going to have to give this like a two. Yeah. I mean, there was almost no sportsiness. Like, I will say the farm date did require some dexterity, some hand-eye coordination, Clayton's muscles were discussed. Is sitting in a jacuzzi a sport? Uh, I don't think it is, Claire. I mean, as much as I would enjoy it, that's the kind of team sport I'm looking to play. (laughs) But I think we just got to stick with the two. Yeah, massive plunge this week. We'll have to keep an eye out for hometowns. Hometowns. 
And that's it for Love to See It with Emma and Claire. Thanks to our guest, Esme Wang. Love to See It is produced by us, Claire Fallon and Emma Gray and Stitcher. This episode was edited by Tamika Weatherspoon. Our theme music is by Tamar Haviv and our art is by Celine Chang. Josephine Martirana is our executive producer. If you like the show, please rate five stars and leave a review. And of course, help us spread the word about our show, especially to any of your friends who used to listen to us as Here to Make Friends. If you want to get in touch, you can always email us at claraandemmapod at gmail.com with your questions and voice memos. We might even feature you in an upcoming mailbag. You can also find us on Twitter at Love to See It Pod and Instagram at Claire and Emma Pod. And you can find our newsletter, Rich Text, on Substack at claraandemma.substack.com. I'm on Twitter and Instagram at Emma Lady Rose. And I'm at Claire E. Fallon. We'll be back next week for even more on Michelle's beautiful journey. Stitcher. I'm Roman Mars, host of 99% Invisible. I'm excited to be teaming up with Lexus GX and SiriusXM on some very special 99PI episodes. We're heading to some of the cities in the U.S. that have special meaning for me and exploring the ways that these cities marry form and function. To learn more about the Lexus GX and SiriusXM and Lexus vehicles, visit Lexus.com slash GX and SiriusXM.com slash Lexus Trial. The all-new Lexus GX. Live up to it. Check out the 99% Invisible feed now and listen to these special episodes. The South Dakota Stories, Volume 7. My trip to South Dakota was the best summer ever. Now I don't need to go to Mars because I've been to the Badlands. And I caught a bigger walleye than Dad when we went to the Missouri River. Then I rode my bike through these huge rocks called needles. Ooh, I also saw my first herd of bison, even a fuzzy furry baby one. I can't wait to go back and see more. There's so much South Dakota, so little time.